0: Hello everyone, how are you all doing? You're very welcome along to episode 6 of the Football Pod with Paddy Anders and James O'Donoghue. I'm Tommy Rooney, I'm going to be with you for the next little while. We're going to be chatting football. We try and keep it to about an hour and 30, 40 minutes depending on how we go. We don't know how we'll do tonight. James O'Donoghue, how are you keeping?
1: Very good. Just yeah. about recovered now from the stag.
0: <laughs> come no. out of it. He no. looks a lot
2: fresher tonight than he did last Monday.
1: First good day today. Was
0: <laughs> Was it? Was it a Where rough? Was it a rough week? It was a horrible, horrible week, Paddy. Do you know what you owe me? <laughs> you owe me a fiver, a revolution. We were a minute from throwing, and Paddy nudges me and goes, "What way do you see this going?" We're sick of fiver on it, and I said, "What did I say, Paddy?" I think Calair ledges. You, you talked Dublin. T- yeah, my- you
2: back? And do you know what was funny? I was um, I was parking in parking in the car in Newbridge, um, in the shopping centre behind the, the ground, and it was a bit early, so I gave. Do you remember Brian Flanagan? He's involved. Yes. I think he's the under twenties Calair manager. Yes. Good buddy of mine, a uh, very good friend, worked with Flano for, for years and would have played against him until And I text him you around and he <laughs> to mind the these two young kids, you know, so he was at home, he had a ticket for the game and couldn't get in. But I asked him what he thought. And he was saying that the the buzz around Kildare was that they expected it to win that game. Genuinely not just trying to take the mick. Um and, and you got that sense going into the around the town before the game, but definitely in the in the stand where we were as well. And it's probably the first time in a long time, a long, long time where, where was any team in Leinster were, were coming in feeling confident playing against Dublin. That's the way it panned out as well. But it was a it was a great atmosphere. It was deadly. Uh, the, the buzz around the town and then in the ground as well. And, and I know there were probably full value for that win as well. Yeah, so I owe yeah. you a fiver as well. So Look, we'll, we'll stick it on the next day game. at the office.
0: We'll stick it on another game sometime soon. Um, Newbridge was rocking though. Like it, mm-hmm. it there's so much to be said for that. Like the town was buzzing. Uh, you were in early. I know you were. I know you were soaking up the atmosphere in town. We were both there for off the ball today. James, did that translate on the, on the TV? I know you were watching on the box. Could you, could you sense that? Like the moment for me where it stood out was when like Clare was sure they were in control, but it never felt like Dublin were gone. Kevin Feely comes on in the 63rd minute oh. and the stands go nuts. Yeah. And it's he like. He got a savage reception. I got a savage reception. He makes a monster remarkable four or five minutes yeah. later as well. And those moments when you're at home and you've that crowd behind you in a provincial ground, it's very hard to replicate that anywhere else. Like if that's a Leinster semi final in Crow Park, you're not getting
1: that bounce off Kevin Feely. No. Like those small grounds, when it's going your way or when your gander is up, the crowd are just completely behind you. But you got the sense even from the TV that Kildare smelled blood like mm. during the week. And they were just going for this. So I think that everyone had that mentality. Not just the management and the players, but I'd say everyone around the around the town, around the county, and even the rest of the country. They yeah. were like, This is this could be this could be a defining day for not only Kildare but just a lot of teams. That this is kind of a big day for Leinster, and I thought Kildare really, put, really showed up today and did the business. But helped on by the crowd. If that game was on in Crook Park and there was twenty-five thousand there or thirty thousand, yeah. there would be no atmosphere. It would mm. have petered out after an hour. But this was going right to the seventy-fifth minute. You know, so it was. It was a good. It was a good spectacle, to be fair. But but even on that, Tommy and Jake like that's why
2: players love the national league because you get experiences like that you, mm-hmm. but like crow park is obviously amazing and it's brilliant pitch and it's the, the kind of the home of gaa you love to play there all the players want to play there but in terms of atmosphere and that intensity nearly like a, a big club game mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's what you get in the national league when you're going around the grounds uh, and st conleth's park is, is one of the older older venues around but for dublin i remember playing under-21 championship games there, at Dublin, there, a very similar atmosphere. It's nearly your local there, like 45 minutes out the road for me to get there. You knew there was going to be a massive crowd there as well, but that's what the National League brings. I remember we played Derry. Back it was it 2014 or fifteen, whatever year Derry, we ended up playing them in the league final as well and we went up there um, and it was the same thing, full house. Derry ended up beating us that day. We would Philly McMahon got sent off. Um, what? Sure enough. And, uh, <laughs> The crowd were all over it. I remember it was just a really raucous atmosphere. And it's what you enjoy playing. You know, if you, and if you give all the players there today in St. Conleth's Park, in terms of atmosphere and buzz and energy around the place, that was the spot for it more so than, like you say, going to the Crow Park where it's three quarters empty. You know, it's just, it's not the same buzz, but that's the beauty of the National League. And I said it to you, Tommy, after the game. I think with the whole COVID scenario over the last two years and people not being able to go to games, there's been massive crowds at all the venues over the last three weeks, despite being the most horrendous conditions (laughs) weather-wise. I was watching Toronto and Tony Gall last night as well, up in Bally Buffet, which is it's similar to McHale Park. It always seems to be breezy and... And tough conditions up there, but again it was a full house up there as well. And again, the atmosphere was top class. And it's brilliant for supporters. There seems to be that eighteen months or so where it was taken away from from fans. Everyone appreciates being back in grounds and the buzz around around Newbridge today is what the national league is all about. And and it was. Look, it was it was a massive day for Calera and massive boost, as, as James has said, for, for the Leinster Championship. Teams are looking at it now, and, and there is that aura around Dublin is gone, where for 10 years that wasn't the case. So it's a massive win for Clare, not just in terms of the Division 1 and giving them a chance to, to stay in there, which is huge for their development, but also they'll go into the Leinster Championship in two or three months' time, and they're going to fancy themselves.
0: I was chatting to Dunica Boyle, who would be a fellow Mead Hill man like myself but he also works for the Irish Independent I rang him he was at Mayo or Ma. I just wanted to get a sense of what the game was like and we got into a chat about how the dubs are at the minute and how they're in a really tricky position because they're clearly in transition but they're vulnerable and they're clearly a different team but that vulnerability that they have other teams are looking at them and they want to get back at Dublin for what Dublin did for the last decade so you've got young lads like you know, young lads getting their chance for the first time. And typically, if you were making your debut or getting stuck in Dinger County football, you might go under the radar. But everyone now wants to get Dublin by the throat. So there is no let up. Every game, every team is targeting Dublin as a team that they might be able to beat at the minute. And if they can get over one on Dublin at the minute, they're going to take it. So are the dubs there to what be I mean? targeted, to be
1: knocked? We we went through with Kerry in, in 13 and we weren't... Um obviously after coming off a load of our Ireland's, but it was still a great team kind of finishing up. They got a massive decade there, yeah. Yeah, in nine, lost the final in 11. And then in 12, we lost to Donegal in the quarterfinal, and there was a big turnover of players. And in 13, we lost. We still had a decent team, but we lost like all our league games and we stayed up. We got a point away in Oma in the last day to stay up. And if we'd gone down... God knows what would have happened to us. Do you know? But we stayed yeah. up by the skin of our teeth. Ended up having a decent league in 14 and winning it in 14. But like, they need to seriously get a couple of results here to, to not go down because you just don't know what's around the corner if, you, if you're not playing the quality opposition every week. Like They need to dig out a couple of results quickly. Do you feel like people are
0: targeting Dublin at the minute? Like you're saying, we're saying that Kildare smelled blood all week. That's a tough position to be in when you're a young lad trying to make your mark. And, Everyone's going in for you.
1: I think that if you're playing Dublin, the coverage of the game is five times more than any other game. So your gander is up straight away, you know, and you're, you, you really want to do well against Dublin. So they're up against it straight away. It's like playing Man United, you know, like you know that, that it's a huge game no matter what the circumstance. So
2: I think that people. I don't think that's anything new. for, for being inside the Dublin camp, we not, always understood. As James has said, it's it's a big fixture. Like there, there's obviously with Dublin and Kerry. There's the tradition there with Dublin and Mead, Dublin and Louth. There's kind of local rivalries, But Mayo, over the last kind of decade, that's been a massive rivalry. And there's always kind of a bit of needle between Dublin and the Northern teams. We that's not something new, and that's something that is coming as a surprise to the Dublin players or to Desi Farrell. We would have always had that sense, whether we're going well, or whether we weren't going well. When we rolled into town for, for National League games in particular, and you're, you're going away from Crow Park or Partner Park, we understood that that this was a target for teams to play against us. And that's whether we, we were all the champions and we weren't. So I don't think that's a massively new thing. Um I think is it a hard sense. for young players coming yeah. in and trying to make their mark on things? I think that's a hard thing for any player anyway. Does it doesn't make it a little bit harder but- of course, you'd, you'd rather your your team was going well and you had momentum behind you and you could slot in and mm. you know, you're know winning games more comfortably. So yeah, that's a bit of a challenge for, for guys like Lee Gannon and Ross McGarry, Sean McMahon, and these guys getting their opportunities. But like if you're a Dublin player, I think you're pretty aware that teams are gunning for you at the best of times, no matter whether you've won four or five in a spin or whether in a position where they are now and they've lost a couple of games. So you should be able to deal with that. And... Um, because that's not going to change over. If you're having a career for ten years, that's going yeah. to be the case every time you go out on the pitch. show.
1: Well, yeah, I think that, I think the Kildare. You could really see what Kildare wanted to do this week, which was nice because they kept Woodgate, Flynn, and Highland so close to goal. Mm-hmm. Like Flynn has a habit or had a habit maybe last year or year before of drifting. He mm. could end up around the 40 or around midfield for spells in the game. He stayed right in close to that goal mm. and they just wanted to make hay off that line and they ended up getting one nine between them. Mm. And that was where that was where they get. Now, obviously, you're going to get most of the scores in the full forward line anyway. But I just thought that but they,
0: they, were, they were involved, James. Like, they were very, yeah. very they were a focal part
1: of everything. We, we touched there, yeah. on
2: it last week on it. That is, whether Dublin like it or not, teams are going to target the full back line. Yeah. That is that's where there's a vulnerability, a sense of vulnerability there for teams. And it's coming from the opening weekend of the National League with Armada in Crow Park. And we knew what we spoke about, that Flynn was going to be a massive target in there today. And that's how it, how it panned out. But that's not going to change in two weeks' time for Dublin up in home against their own, or when they face Donegal, or they face Monaghan and McManus is going to be in there. Dublin are going to have to deal with that. I think one, I think that just seems to be the way the GAA Gaelic football is going at the minute. Teams are being far more direct. Teams are seeing they're getting huge dividends by moving the ball quickly, by kick-passing, by taking more risks across the board, whether it's against Dublin or not. So it's really good to watch. And then also, when you see, if you're lining up against Dublin and going, well, they're giving guys like Sean McMahon and Lee Gannon and op- opportunities. These guys are inexperienced in the full back line and there's space there. So teams are going to target that. Yeah, That's not going to change. And like you say, today, the lads get one nine, one ten 9 between them. Like Daniel Flynn scores three points, three great points.
0: He makes the goal has another as another well.
2: couple of opportunities and creates creates the goal, really. You know, he causes panic. He draws three Dublin defenders over to him and it creates the overlap and, and Highland end up ends up bundling it in. But Dublin are going to have to get used to that because that is not going to change. Opponents, the opposition are going to keep targeted. They're going to keep being direct and launching balls into the full-back line. And why shouldn't they? Because teams are getting dividends out of it.
1: Yeah, Dublin were lucky they had Cooper this week because they dropped. He was two. very good today at huh? Hearts. Yeah, he, yeah. Was. he he actually cut out a lot of balls, but against yeah. Kerry, they didn't have that Cooper figure, and every ball was sticking inside. He did cut out a few, and they were lucky they had that little bit of, uh, kind of a. It's
2: funny you thing. say that, yeah. When you are at it, and 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 the TV cameras mightn't pick it up, but if Dublin turned the ball over and this was probably missing against Armamo certainly the first day where it, was, where it was most glaring the transition back into the fence for Dublin was much much better today Yeah, and it was kind of Cooper and he was pulling back and because St. Connors Park is quite small as a man you can kind of hear a little bit from the pitch as well and he's constantly talking to Niall Scully and bringing Niall Scully back Scully's kind of experienced himself but what happened Johnny there and, and Mick Fitzsimons in the fullback and I'm mm. constantly talking and just getting back into that shape really quickly. And you, you could see Kildare were keeping forwards right over on the touchline, trying to create that width. And Mick Fitzsimons, Johnny Cooper and, and Niall Scully and Brian Howard were in there. They weren't marking them. They weren't going out standing toe-to-toe. They were standing about 15 yards inside them. So they had an eye on them. They're happy for those guys to get the ball out on the sideline. But they were cutting off that space in the middle where if you're a young player or, or a, a new player of the team, a defender, you're probably going to go over and man-mark that guy. Yeah, I'm yeah. just thinking, I'm doing my job here. He's my man. I'm going to stand at him on the sideline. But you're leaving a lane of about 30 yards for a kick pass inside. And that's, that's what I'm, I was talking about, particularly after the Armagh game, that Dublin need that bit of experience back there. And that positioning, literally 10 or 15 yards in, having the confidence in yourself and the know-how to go, I don't need to mark him right over on the sideline whereas younger players probably will so, so John, I thought Johnny Cooper was very impressive played about 50 minutes he's still getting back up to speed but yeah. in terms the, of positives and it, it's kind of hard to, to draw many out of it f- for Dublin with the run they've been on I did think they, they looked a lot more solid defensively they did today. definitely
1: um, yeah Um took on and mercy that's for the,
2: the next couple of weeks
1: as well that's an unmerciful what? He took an unmerciful belt of a shoulder. I think it was off McCormick,
2: was it? Yeah, yeah. And the two yeah. of them yeah. the were <laughs> <them, They're> <laughs> the the, the shook. They, they really were. Ben McCormick, I think,
1: was it? Yeah, yeah, and McCormick went off a few minutes and came back yeah. in. So, listen, we're going to... to just do the, you want the, jump in, yeah? About Kildare. The best thing about Kildare is they didn't max out against Dublin. Like, they have a couple of gears left in them. They didn't play outstanding. Like, they played and they won the game, but they have more in them. Like, if you think their kick out... Not malfunction, but they gave away a lot of them. Um, they didn't. Touch have, and
2: go, that goalkeeper! He, uh, he played the right. He made a couple of good he had saves. Had he definitely, he,
1: they went short a lot in the second half, but even in the first half, they copped up a, a good few kickouts. Um, but that's a serious point that they can improve on. They they, get, they kick wides. They kick some wide too. Like they hit a purple patch before half time. That yeah. was really important to them. They did. They hit a purple patch, or they hit a yeah. They did, and they they kicked a lot of wides. And if they get more out of the flint. Like, Flynn got three points, right? But that man could be getting 1-6 and having yeah, yeah. five assists. Or he didn't get 1-3, he got three points, but he, he, got could three. Be having, yeah. he could be having so much more. Like, he's kind of giving away the easy ball and he's doing the fantastic thing. Definitely. He's, he's kind the- of in reverse. But if he just settled down a small bit, they can get an awful lot more out of him. He's like, uh, He
0: has serious potential still. It was so obvious that they were shooting into the town end, the scoring end in the first half, Paddy, wasn't it? Like when you were there, like Flynn didn't think twice about kicking two points over the bar that were were probably in tricky positions. And some of Clare's points were really good from long range, but you could really tell when a team, it's more...
2: He's a box office player. He he reminds me a lot of Rean O'Neill. When Rean O'Neill came on the scene, just that athleticism. And like you said, James he did have a tendency he could probably play midfield because he's so athletic and his size and his speed and if he gets if he's coming at you he's so hard to stop Mm. and that's it's the discipline that you're starting you see with Rain O'Neill now that couple of years with McGean and I'm sure Danny and Kieran McKeever and these guys maximising his potentials become one of the top players in the country Daniel Flynn absolutely he already is but it's Exactly what you're saying. How can we get the most out? Like, if he could move Kildare from a middle of the pack team to competing for Leinster Championships, to getting into the All Ireland quarterfinals, semi finals. He can do that. He's that good a player. And I, I'd, be, I'd love to know the work, particularly if he's playing close to goal now, because he's not, he's not a, a natural sharpshooter. You know, no. he's not an, an inside forward. He would have played, I'd say, nearly the majority of his underage stuff all out around the middle of uh, of the field because of, of his physique. But if he's going to be an inside forward for the rest of the season, the work Johnny Doyle will will do with him one of the best in, best in the business in terms of his movements, in terms of being really economical with his possessions. Because even today, yeah, that's the key. He's he three or four things on the ball, and it's just A kicking couple the of ball passes away.
0: across the square yeah. that were just like
2: you got to come back so he, in a round He always like has that. that in his game, Tommy. Yeah. It's like, if he gets 10 possessions inside, because if you're playing in the full forward line, you're not getting half as many possessions as you are out in the middle of the pitch. But if he yeah. gets 10 possessions in a championship game against Dublin in the Leinster Championship in a couple of months' time, can he score seven out of that and create two assists and maybe give one away? Whereas now he's kind of nearly 60-40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: yeah. And,
2: and that could be a massive difference because he has all the ability. All the ability and some yeah. of the moments today were just, yeah, were a touch of class, you know. And, and and he's massive for Kildare to to get the progress they want to potentially compete and win a provincial championship. He's going to be the cornerstone of it, really. Yeah, no, so true. And we're
1: going gonna... to he has help. He's not on his own, you know. He has. It's not like they've all their their eggs in his basket. So he has scope to improve under not that much pressure. And we're
0: we're going to get talking about one of those boys in just a minute, James. Because right. we're going to do a little bit on Jimmy Highland. And I know you're just about to jump in and start a 10-minute Jimmy Highland scenario. <laughs> but we got to get to one or two little things before that, right? So I'm going to come to you first on that. So you are listening to episode, episode six of the Football Pod with Paddy Anders and James O'Donoghue. James, it is great to have you back. Um, like we did get a couple of messages in during the week. Christopher Shanley said, fair play to Paddy carrying the show with James hungover last week. James had that shock quietness of a man reevaluating his life throughout the pod. Uh, and it, the color did drain from your face at the podcast. I thought it was a very good podcast, all in all, but I, I did feel bad for you as I watched the back and the color drained.
2: literally fell asleep for 10 minutes during the middle of it. Yeah. it was, and it was, I was worried at that point. Listen, James, much like last week's podcast,
0: it really felt like you were there in spirit with us today in Newbridge, myself and Patty, because you did appear in the match day program. Um, I'm just going to look at this little player profile from Mick O'Grady. You know, when you're a kid, you might read magazines or you might go for the program. This is the first thing I always went for, and uh, it's nice to see a few things have changed about GA player programs. Do you know, if I was to ask you for your favorite movie, please don't tell me you'd say The Shawshank Redemption, would it be?
1: No. Gentlemen at the moment. The Matching <laughs> Conney one. You watched it on yeah. Netflix, did you? Yeah. Class. It's <laughs> a quality flick. It Paddy. has to change. Though. You can't have a you can't have a favorite all your life. No, you're right, Paddy. Batman well, the
2: Dark Knight was always one, wasn't it? In programs. Okay. Everyone Shawshank Redemption. The Dark Knights, there was always Gladiator.
0: Gladiator. Okay, there you go. Yeah, they're the ones that are always in the mix. And then, you know, typically, occupation to be farmer or teacher. And that's all changed a lot now in the GA. There's not that many farmers left anymore. So, Mick O'Grady's, he's 30s, he's height to six foot two, occupation, engineer, club is Selbridge, position, full back line. Uh, what age are you when you first started playing football? Under 10s, someone who's had an influence on your career? He said, my parents are Trevor O'Sullivan. He said, three words to describe yourself as a player potential full forward. His favorite sports person is Stephen Gerrard. He said he was the ultimate leader, the best player he's played with, Kevin Feely, and the best player he's played against, James O'Donoghue. What did you
1: do to poor oh. Mick O'Grady?
2: <laughs>
1: no, so they, must... no we, had a, we had a good we had a good battle up in um, up in Newbridge in 2014. I'd say. Okay. Um, we were playing some good stuff at the time, and um, yeah, I marked him. He was very solid, but we got we just pulled away at the end. But um, did you yeah. like playing in Newbridge that day? What's that? Did you like playing in Newbridge that day? Well, we got the result, Tommy. That's all you can ask for, isn't it? I suppose that's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> two points in the bag. You yeah, know.
0: <laughs> Paddy? You're a big fan of Newbridge today. I see your your tweet is catching a bit of fire. Um, one of your favourite grounds in the country. Is that right?
2: That's how like, p- people can not get tongue in cheek on Twitter. They don't know the town you're saying it.
0: Yeah, but and, uh, uh, yeah,
2: people seem to think I'm serious. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think a, a couple of Claire people took Umbridge last week with James's picking out, uh, Ennis and, uh, Cusick Park as his favourite ground. He said, it's always a bad sign when a, an opposition player picks your home ground <laughs> as your, as your favourite ground. So listen, uh, today on the football pod, we've got a, a nice agenda laid off. We're going to be talking goal scorers, a little bit about Derek Canavan, a little bit about Jimmy Hyland and what we've seen in him over the last couple of weeks. We're going to be looking at Tyrone Donegal, a bit on Mayo Arma. And we're going to have a look at where Dublin are after the last four weeks and what they've got to do for the next three weeks. We're going to go around the grounds, bring you some of the results now in a minute. We've got some questions in from the Football Pod listeners. And then I think we'll be going to our fantasy football to finish on this week. Paddy, I actually think I'm going to have to buy you a wooden spoon because I don't think you made any transfers again this week. So I'll they have to, I'll we may have that. to come back to that. Okay, so just to fly through some of the results, if you are if you are not on Twitter, if you didn't have the Scorbo app over the weekend, very good app, Patty, If you want to check it out, it's a it's a good one for the for the results and the fixtures. won one twelve, Dublin twelve points, as we've been talking about. Mayo fifteen, Armagh one ten. So this was a home game for Mayo, except it was played in Roscommon. There's obviously work being done on Michael Park. So Mayo actually kicked five the five, yeah, the last five scores in this game. There were two mm-hmm. three points down with seven minutes to go. Ryan O'Donoghue kicks two frees. Paddy Durkin kicks two points, and Jordan Flynn kicked the, uh, a point as well. So. Very big win for Mayo. Very impressive. I'm not sure if you saw it, but, uh, Robbie Henley pulled out late, um, of this game in the warm up. Um, and Rory Byrne, the Mitchells goalkeeper was named as the keeper, but the, the news filtered through very late. So Armat actually got their goal 11 seconds into the game. As the PA, the guy, the PA in the stadium is announcing Rory Byrne replaces Rob Henley in goals. I think it was Connor Mackin shot for a point sails over Burns' head and the first thing he has to do for Mayo today is kick the ball out after 12 seconds of play so that's a that's a tough way to start um Actually, I, don't think, I don't think I don't think Macken was him. going to lob him I think he was going for a point and it dropped over him so we are going to be talking about keepers as well Rory Began got caught out twice today so Monaghan one twelve, Kerry three fourteen. it seemed like Began and the fly keeper role was caught out Sean O'Shea gets a, a lob off on him, and I think David Clifford scores a goal as well. When Begg got caught out 80 yards from goal, we saw today, Paddy. Aaron O'Neill, it felt very dangerous at times Matt, when the ball was in his hands and he was tearing down the field. And like there were three or four turnovers, and he had to make his way back to the goal. So, what well, in the first half? It took him about three minutes to get back to his goal. <laughs> yeah,
1: he was
2: in no rush to get back. I was worried for him. One of the boys I don't that I'm covered. Do much uh, aerobic
0: training, when he looks at it. Well, I don't know. He he was backing himself to take it off and. He was definitely offering them an outlet, oh, he backed but it was himself. just so.
2: He did, he did. And he, to be fair to him, he ends up with a great save in the second half, obviously, and then yeah. getting up to kick the, the final point, wasn't it? That, that 45. Massive so.
0: score. And that was a big score as well, because he yeah, uh, yeah. kind of just held them off. So um, big win for Mayo, big win for Kerry against, against Monaghan. Tony Gall then, 210 to 12 points. We're going to be talking about this in a few minutes. Massive win, um, beating the All-Ireland Champions, Tyrone, at home. Uh, very good second half from Donegal so top of the table is Kerry on 7 points Mayo on 7 points Armagh on 5 points Donegal on 5 points Kildare on 3 points Tyrone on 3 points Monaghan on 2 points and Dublin are rooted at the bottom of the table on 0 points after 4 games so into Division 2 Gary had a big win over Clare they're top of the table on 8 points Roscommon got the job done again this weekend uh, big win over down So uh, Roscommon won by 118 to 10 points An 11 point win And Derry, Clare And Cusick Park By 213 to 10 points Galway Cork What a high scoring game Galway 3 Shootouts Yeah Cork 217 But what's interesting about this is With 15 I think 15 minutes to go There's a point in it Yeah 20 minutes to go There's a point in it And Galway just take off Stephen Sherlock Kicked 10 points for Cork At the weekend So he's the Finbar star uh, Very very good free taker and Blake Murphy, the young lad, scored one, two, backing up some of his recent performances. Cork still in a bit of bother. Mead and Offaly. Mead were blessed. Late goal. Joey Wallace punched it in. Uh, there was cries from the Offaly fans and the players for a square ball. It didn't happen. So Mead came out of, uh, Tullamore with a draw there. So division two table bottom there. Mead are on two points. Offaly are on one point. Cork are on one point and down are on one point. Cork's last three games were against Offaly, Mead and down. So like, Dangerous structure to get it from Division 2. So, yeah, straight out to come. So, in Division 3, just to fly through the results here. um, Some big ones. Loud with one of the wins of the weekend. 115 to 113 to bet Westmead. Sam Mulroy shooting the lights out again with 10 points. John Heston scored 1-8 for Westmead, but it just wasn't enough. Longford were heavily beaten by Fermanagh. So, Fermanagh got a big win today. Um, it's been coming for them. Sean Quigley scoring 2-3 for Fermanagh. three eleven to one ten. Leash and and Antrim drew 1-8 apiece and Limerick are still top of the table they'll be at Wicklow by four points on Saturday evening so you've got Limerick there top of the table on six points Antrim on five Loud on five so Loud are in the mixed promotion there under Mickey Hart Westmead are on four points with a game in hand as do Leash, who are on three points Ferman had three points and Langford and Wicklow are stuck at the bottom of the table on one point then in Division 4 we've seen Cavan get back on track or not back on track they followed up with a win they didn't have a game last weekend so Cavan won. Um, Cavan bet Carlo by four points, nineteen points to one twelve. London were beaten by Wexford this week, one six to eleven. So their wings were clipped a little bit. And Tipperary bet Sligo high flying Sligo by one thirteen to one nine on Saturday evening. Leitrim, of course, also won. They bet Waterford. 217-113. to 113. So that Division 4 table is very, very tight. You've got Cavan on six points. You've got Tipperary on three, who are in fifth position. So they're all in the mix for promotion there. So there's Cavan, London, Saigo, Leitrim, Tip, all in the mix there. So they're the results from another very busy weekend. There's pretty much a week off next week. There was supposed to be, but we've got to postpone games, so we will have some football to talk about. Um You are listening to Episode 6 of the Football Pod with Paddy Anders and James O'Donoghue. We're going to be back right after this, talking some football. You're very welcome back to Episode 6 of the Football Pod here with Paddy Andrews, James Donahue, and myself, Tommy Rooney. Please do hit subscribe if it's your first time listening into us or if you're a long time listener and you just haven't subscribed yet. Um, you'll get a notification every Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. when we upload the podcast. So uh, we're going to be available every Tuesday throughout the season at 6. And if you like to watch it on YouTube, you'll get it around midday uh, every week. So let's talk a bit more football here lads um, Jimmy Highland's performance for me he's been Caldera's top scorer so far in Division one Uh 217, he's kicked he obviously is taking the freeze the right footed freeze for them um, he is a player that I was very impressed with today Paddy for the sense that I thought he played with a lot of aggression like he's obviously mm. small in stature um, I thought there was a nice little rattiness or a bit of bite about him that I really really liked um, there was one or t- once or twice he got tangled up with a couple of players and he nearly did it on purpose and I just think that, that was, that's a trait that's important to have when you're a corner forward inside a young player corner forward inside who's do you not know, of but
2: when we were watching it there were a couple of uh, <laughs> Tigerish tackles Ryan O'Donohue, really yeah we, we touched on it last year now, Andy was was a big, big fan of his mm. having a forward line who hound defenders mm. it's invaluable to a team it just slows the opposition down. and allows your, your midfield and defenders to get set. And it just sets a tone. And James is right. You got the sense of that from every Kildare player today. All over the pitch, they were they were on the front foot that, that this was a game they clearly targeted. They had the crowd behind them. But Jimmy Hyland was. He was absolutely he was uh, he was getting in the faces of a couple of players and things like that. And it is that was my reaction when I see because a small enough guy in stature, obviously. Um but he's forming a really good partnership with Daniel Flynn. And today is not the first part of that. You can kind of see that over the last number of seasons. Definitely. He's been a key score getter for There, and having someone like Flynn in there with him. Um, it's a massive plus because it allows Flynn to kind of take generally the, the opponent's best defender will man mark Daniel Flynn. He's the kind of the main marquee guy. And also he just, as you've seen for, for for Highlands goal, when Flynn is on the ball and he's taking guys on, he he attracts defenders, not just his all man, but yeah. the defense is watching what he's gonna do. And that kind of disruption creates space and creates opportunities for other forwards. And, and Jimmy Hyland kind of benefits off that. And it's obviously accurate. Like that that's there's no point in having all those things if you don't if you can't nail your opportunities. And he's a very accomplished free taker, kicks a couple of marks today as well. He seems yeah. like a smart player, he's a hard working player. And he benefits from having someone in there with him. And look, James would know this from being inside with someone like Donaghy. I would have had it myself with someone like Berno or, or, or Dean Rock in his earlier days. Where it's just having a, a key guy inside there that just draws the attention of the defense. And if you if you're a smart player, you could take advantage of it. And you could see that in Jimmy Hyland today. You thought you put in a real shift. Like everyone in the Clare forward line did as well. and Like to finish at one five today again, he was a key part of that victory for them. Like I
0: think Kildare have always had, regardless of where they're maybe falling short in terms of championship or or league, they've always had big athletic players. They've always had players who could kick Mm -hmm. score some long range, like Paul Cribben and and others over the last seven or eight years. But that inside corner forward that is so, so difficult to nail for some counties, it's so important. Mm -hmm. Like, and Jimmy Hyland. Could become that marquee inside man for Kildare. He, look, he looks like he's threatening it, James. What do you like about this guy?
1: I, I like that the fact that he has the potential to be the main man, and I think he wants that. And I think he'll thrive under that kind of responsibility, and he'll take that off Flynn a bit. If they can share that responsibility and have Woodgate chipping in, I think they have a very strong threesome there. But Paddy kind of nailed it for me. He's very smart. He takes the mark at the right time. His movement is good. He takes his time. He chips his free. I just think he's 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 just all there in the head. And he doesn't get too flustered or he's not doing stupid shots. He's just a smart player. But one thing that, that I noticed about him is that he can snap over a shot with no room whatsoever. Like if he gets it left or right, once it's in his hand, he can just snap it over, which is which is a great attribute. But it also gives you kind of more Options, because if you're marking, I think we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago on the pod, that if you are corner forward and your defender knows that you have that snapshot, he's going to be down on your boot. He's going to be saying, I'm not letting this fella get the shot off. He's going to be down on you. And if he can just, if he can work a dummy or some sort of a drawback to get in for a couple of goal chances, I think it would add to his game no end. Is
0: Is it a rare quality, that snapshot? Like, do you see the many footballers around at the minute?
2: I have an example of someone who reminds me of Conor Mortimer from, okay. from back in the glory days I played with Mort at DCU and yeah. uh, would have played obviously he yeah. was kind of coming on the same with Dublin and, and he was still with Mayo Mort was never a brilliant goal scorer he was never um, he was never a guy that could, would burn two or three fellas but he was a smart forward and if he got half a sniff he'd kick scores I think he, he got a soul all-star 2006 I think Mayor got to the final, and he was a big player for DCU in terms of winning the Sigerson Cup and things like that. But that was, he was a guy who just knew what he was brilliant at, and he nailed that. That mm-hmm. if he had someone inside with him, he'd be on the loop. He'd be hovering around the edges, and when the ball came to him, he was pulling the trigger. Not not necessarily a guy who dummy through two or three guys. That's the sense I get with Highland. And, 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 and if you flip that to, to, and I know we'll get to this last night's game in yes. Donegal and Tyrone, McBriarty for Conor O'Donnell's goal. McGrady is, is nearly a king on the loop, everyone. And you can see Hamsey looking at him. thrown defenders are waiting From him. He comes out onto his left foot. And you're thinking for the life of him. pulling the trigger here. But the throw defence, they all go for that. Three <laughs> or four of them. Frank Burns is in it as well. And McGrady has that experience. And he has that power as well. He dummies inside and goes. And it ends up creating a brilliant play to create the goal for Conor Donnelly, and ultimately changes the game because that game was going completely away from, from Donegal at seven three at the time. But that that's McBrierty having that little bit of sharpness and knowing the whole everyone in the stadium thinks I'm pulling the trigger here. Yeah. But he dummies inside and creates the opportunity. And he's built that up over a number of years and, and has that the power, I suppose, to to go and do that. And that's what you're looking at Highland at the minute. I'm saying that's Mortimer more reminds me of that kind of sharpshooter, okay. the tenacity nearly like a Ryan O'Donoghue. But like say, if he can get to the next level in his game and he's still a young enough guy, but he, he is, has yeah. the raw materials to get there. And him and Flynn can click inside. It's it's exciting. It's exciting for him. And, and it's interesting for like he, he has a coaching team there who are going to try and get the best out of him. So it's a good situation for him to be in,
1: definitely. I think that Ryan O'Donoghue has that. Goal in him. He has that sniff mm. goal. He wants to throw a dummy. He kind of he kind of holds the ball in his hand and he puts it miles out. So the defender yes. kind of goes that when he draws it back. I think if Highland can add that, I think he is he is a savage player. I think he's a serious. You like athlete. him, Jimmy? Yeah, I like him. I think he's good. I think he's yeah. just smart. I think he's a clever player and just that goal chance. I think it makes a player. It makes an inside forward if you've that goal chance. But what's good about him, I think, is that he's well able to take responsibility. I was just looking at. Um, they won the twenties, the first mm. under twenty um, tournament. Kildare won it, and I remember he gave Kerry a good dusting that year in the semi final. He got one eight, he got one six from play, he got the goal. But in the final, he got ten points, so he was their main main man. So he's used to kind of taking the burden on his shoulders.
0: There's been so, a lot of talk. There's been a lot of talk about Jimmy Highland for a, for a couple of years in Kildare, yeah.
1: but I think that even the experience of, of of having that that burden to an extent and taking your team to an all Ireland will will stand them a good stead in the senior team. I think. What's the next level for a fella like that, Paddy? Is it backing it up week on week? Like, what is the next level for
0: championship? A, championship, okay.
2: Do it in the championship. Have a, have a run in the championship, whether it's winning a provincial title or a run through the qualifiers. But but look, and that's not to belittle today, like. In, Kildare, while well, it was a big win for today, the next stage of it is, is going and doing this in the championship. Beating Dublin in the championship was a hell of a lot different than beating Dublin in, in February in Newbridge. And, and we said it with Armagh with for, for a number of years under McGuini in the earlier stages where they were doing all right in the league and then they'd come and they couldn't win an Ulster championship game. Yeah. And ultimately, lads, we know it. That's, you make your name in the championship. There's been some brilliant league players yes. over the years, but but ultimately it's about if you go and do it in the height of summer, in a big game against uh, whoever it is in Crow Park or wherever it might be, that's where you're. That's the next level. That's and and then it's about doing it consistently at that level, and then you become one of the top players in the game. But that's the, why, why the praise I'd say for someone like Jimmy Hyland is there's an expectation, there's an opportunity for him to do that. You know, he is a guy, he has the raw materials and has the potential to go and do that. And Kildare would be very disappointed. And I know probably he would be very disappointed if he didn't go and do that. Not every player has that capability, but, but he's won. And that's why it's a big summer for him. That, that's the next stage. For him. Go and do it in the championship against the best defenders at the height of summer, and Then that's the next level.
0: I get, I get the sense just from watching him. And just keeping an eye on him. I get the sense he's on that trajectory. I get the sense he wants to get there and he's going to back himself to get there. So look, that's going to be one worth watching. Um, James, did yourself and Gainey actively work on that s- snapshot? Like we, I know we did speak about it a little bit. Like You you can actively work on that, can't you?
1: I think so, yeah. Um, it's interesting because when we were kind of coming good or whatever, obviously Dublin were, were a step ahead. And we were very different up front. Whereas Dublin used to stay wide on the inside line and you kind of come in and have the, the hook. Loop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the loop. Whereas Paul did like that, but I didn't really like that, that way. Do you know what? It just didn't suit me. Ah! I rather taken the I love like, that baby. The, the loop. No. Yeah. I love that baby. What wow. yeah, Made I a career out of that one. It, it, you can, you can get a couple of points a day off it if you have it down, but I think that we used to work on kind of getting the ball from a kick pass towards the middle of the goal yeah. and getting your shot off or selling the dummy or having the runner coming. You know, it was just a different... Um, so you're looking for direct possession
0: effect. in and around the D? Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's, it's harder to get it there, but it's more... It we, would have, um, we would have... Now, as you mentioned it now, I couldn't. I kind of would try and steer clear of Declan Darcy's defensive meetings with Dublin. <laughs> like, no business being in there. But that was certainly something we're playing you guys. That, that There was a sense, particularly with Gucci out there, that that's, it was like a killer pass. Yeah. If you could pop a pass, like it, it's nearly an easy pass out to the wings. And it's an easy ball for a forward to win, going away from goal. But if you can get it on the money into the D, and always, we always had the sense that you guys were looking for that in there. Because it's so dangerous. Like if you're getting a guy in the middle of the goal 20 yards out, compared to out in the sideline, it's a, it's a higher risk and it's a, it's a harder one to execute, but we always felt we're carrying the decoys. We're looking for it. Yeah. Um, it's
0: like the prototype of that pass or the, uh, the perfect example is obviously Gooch and Thirteen, the, yeah. the two steps back, the pop, like you're cutting off from James and uh-huh. all of it is played in and around the middle of the goals there. When, when you are in corner forward and it's so, it's so tight and you know the ball's going to be kicked and you want it in the D, how are you running Like what way how are you receiving the ball so you're not going direct straight at it? Like are you is there a million things you're doing there? Is there
1: Yeah, it's just complete patience. It's like being on your toes, you're kinda just inching to the left or inching to the right, and then once you know it's on, it's more of a kind of you have to bat your man away kinda to an extent to get yourself that yard. But I used to prefer and everyone's different, I used to prefer minimal space and kind of short runs, whereas other people would prefer loads of space and a long run out to the ball. But I remember we were playing, um, we were playing. So you were Cork. using your body. You were using your body a lot there, were you? Yeah. And as well, sometimes when you're making a long run, unless you start on the corner flag and run diagonal, by the time you get the ball, you could be out in midfield.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's Story of my career, Jimmy.
1: <laughs> I used to like the short runs, but Fismaris used to give me a hard time over it. He'd be like, uh, you have to make the hard run as well. But I was like, I'm going to be miles away. We were playing Cork one day. No point in to get it out there. I'm useless. <laughs> I think I was scared from this though. We were playing Cork in Tralee. And they gave us a good dusting. Harley got about 15 points from play. But I, there was a ball kicked down the line, and I was on shields. And I had shields for pace, so I was just sprinting out. He didn't
2: even just try. you afraid of him. If he, he got you in close,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. he take the head off to you. He drew across my legs, and he absolutely swiped me. I'd say I nearly I went up <laughs> in the air anyway and down. I'm not <laughs> surprised that's the last long run I was going doing anyway because he knew because you were so far from goal
0: that he could just foul you and that'd be it like
1: yeah and probably I was so far away from the ref it was a long ball coming in he just kicked me up into the air and I said this I have to think of oh a man, different skillsy. way there. some things never <laughs> change
0: I'd say I'd say yeah the the GPS stats I'd say there's a couple of more stories about the GPS disagreements there so we might come back to that again Paddy you did love the loop like is that is that being conditioned and seeing how much it worked for you guys over the years <laughs>
2: Do, do you know what? It's actually... You know, I did. Yeah, you would have used it a lot. Uh, but I didn't score a lot of goals. Well, well if, if you I, look I, well, I, I know, that. With,
0: I, the I, know I, I know you didn't score a lot of goals because I, I did manage to find the one goal you scored in Championship.
2: They never I scored believe. one in Championship? <laughs> Jesus Christ.
0: I know, I couldn't believe it. I went looking again and I, I could only yeah. find one goal from Paddy Andrews and it's um, an absolute
2: yeah, because I, beat. Yeah, I used to play... Yeah, I would have scored a lot off the loop now, but then that's... As James is saying, it's someone like you, you look at a Dane Rock or Bernard Brogan, they're always in right at the back post, right in at, at the goal, like nearly, and it's probably patience in a way, as James is saying. They're going. You're not going to get as many possessions in there, but it's a really dangerous one when you get it. And that's, I've just gone around on the loop and, and we were lucky, obviously, we guys flying through the middle like McCaffrey or, or McFally yes. or guys like that and, they draw the defenders in and just create space around the edge. It's just the kind of the way we played and it kind of suited my game. So, yeah. Um, it's funny, James, I would have liked it. Other forwards would have been maybe a bit more patient, hanging around, sniffing around, hatching inside. Like
1: <laughs> Do you know my favourite thing about your goal against Wethmead was, was McStay's commentary? He goes, a nice, easy finish. <laughs> curled in off the in stanchion. into the top corner the stanchion. A nice, easy goal.
2: Absolutely uh, McStay had it in for me I don't
0: even think it. I got mad of the match Ah you did Come on You scored 1-3 that day you were, It was a beautiful yeah, performance I, don't,
2: I, don't, no, I, I didn't get it I know I didn't
0: Talk to us Can I Can I ask you about that Because I know there's a bit of a story About that That game in 2013 um, My favourite part about the goal Is the celebration To be honest You look like a man <laughs> Who's been having a good weekend Who's going to continue To have a good weekend That weekend la-
2: I was laughing with Keanu It's of him beside me okay. We were about 20 points up So the lads weren't getting too excited But I was delighted with me goal. And I think Keno Sullivan said something to me. and just had a laugh. Yeah. I was heading out to my brother's wedding. Yeah? Yeah. My brother got married the day before. Uh, so I was raging. I was a groomsman. And uh, I couldn't go out, obviously. So uh, it was a Saturday night game. So I left the wedding, went home, stayed at home, played the match in Croker. And uh, I actually parked in the car park in Crow Park. And was heading straight back the day through the wedding. There were all watchers, about 40 or 50 of them still in Dunboyne Castle there. So uh, <laughs> I came in, and the final whistle went. I literally ran in, got my bag, put, brushed out past Jim Gavin on the way and He's still doing media interviews. And I was legging it out the door, and the kit hopped into the car. And I'd say within 40 minutes of the final whistle, I was in the residence bar in Dunboyne Castle, still in my kit. Oh, uh, down on a nice point, having the crack in the wet. So it was a good Saturday night all around. Yeah. And they all put a few quid on me for first goal score. Did they? They made a fortune. Yeah. Because we, we, we. What was it 150 to one? We scored about 30 points, but we hadn't scored a goal. Amazing. And uh, I arrived back in and I swear, yeah, they made a fortune. Everyone in there put a few quid on me for first goal score. And I was long odds lads. <laughs> I didn't score many of them. I tell it was about 40 to one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was a good night. Funny, that's what 10 to ten, nine years ago. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I. I I very randomly came across it late on Friday evening. I was delirious. I don't know why I was watching Dublin Westmead 2013, but it, yeah, it did sad. kind of, it, it is strange, like, it is strange. Um, But it did kind of, it, it kind of got me thinking about what it must have been like to play with Dublin in 13. Like, I know we did speak about the league last week and how important that league season was for you. You got man of the match against Cork and, you know, you were starting to get a chance from Jim Gavin. You've been brought back into the panel but there is a freedom about Dublin. Like Jack McCaffrey is 19. Paul Mannion's a kid. <laughs> There's three or four of you that have been put into this team that won in All-Ireland two years ago, that fell short in 2012, and I felt like it was a new Dublin under Jim Gavin that was taken off. It must have really felt like the start of a journey there. Or did it really? Could Could you have appreciated that at the time?
2: No. <laughs> no, no, I agree. Looking back with, with the benefit of the hindsight, obviously it was Jim's first championship game. So so okay. Look, obviously the, the rest is history, as they say. But uh, at the time, you're not you're not thinking about that at all. You're thinking about, like I said, they were looking there probably was young players like you know Kieran and, and Jack Mannion. That was their first ever games oh, they played championship games. A couple under Pillar and Pat, but uh, but it was the sense it was like a freshness about it, and those guys that had massive underage success and a minor and under twenty one All Ireland and things like that, and they were rolling into the team. So they kind of brought a conference to supplement what was already a a lot of guys who would won in All-Ireland before as well so yeah looking back now obviously it was the start of a very special journey but at the time you're just thinking about winning the game like we were we're trying to win the Lancaster Championship we're trying to compete to win the All-Ireland like Kerry were still like Donegal were obviously the reigning champions at that time but Kerry were still top dogs they had a lot of their key, big players from from that team James is talking about Galvin and the O'Shea's and Canelli and all these guys so it was just it was a different time for Dublin a different time in the GAA landscape but we were just focusing on trying to compete and win the All-Ireland. Not in your wildest dreams could you have thought that night, Jim Gavin's first championship match, that we'd go on and, and achieve what we did over the next next few years that was just snowballed. But, uh,
0: yeah. Like yeah. It, it was a young team, but the front six is Paul Flynn, Kieran Kilkenny, Jim Connolly, Paul Mannion, Paddy Anders, Bernard Brogan, um, Dean Rock, Cormac Costello coming off the bench. Uh, Kevin O'Brien Nicky Deverell, Dennis Bastic also come off the bench that day like we talk about strength and depth that was there even though it was Jim Gavin's first year and it definitely was the start of a journey there Let's is a, team. There's a serious backbone there already to get going and obviously we know what happens next
2: so was, uh, um, was
1: Gough, was Gough tagged out
2: <laughs> Gough, Gough came on as a blood <laughs> so that, that um, what's, finished, what's so? the, the job equivalent. Dublin Joe, wasn't it? Everyone that? used to always think Joe McQuillan did his favour Jesus but Christ!
0: Did Joe McQuillan, and this is a serious question, did Joe McQuillan referee all your challenges? No, never. So that was never just a rumor. Wins. Some mead man made that up somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Colin
2: O'Rourke did he, he set it on Sunday game for me? Oh, that could. Have, I, I'm not sure. I'm not going to attribute it. Joe never
0: refereed a Dublin training match. Okay. Gaffed did all. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Donegal Tyrone on Saturday night. Paddy, yeah. what What did you make of this game? like Tell me what you were impressed by. I'm right in saying that you actually thought Tyrone did all right here.
2: Uh, 30 minutes into this game, it was 7 3, and Gale Force wins Tyrone were playing against. And I was really impressed with him. Obviously, three of the four guys came back. Peter Hart was named to start, but didn't play in the end. But Tyrone. I was really, really impressed with them in that first 30 minutes. And I was equally unimpressed with Donegal. It seemed like they just carried that hangover through from Killarney. They had a massive win with them. They weren't clinical in front of the posts. Conor O'Donnell, Paddy McBrady missing freeze, Kieran Thompson missing freeze. No real penetration. They were so passive in defence as well. They were getting everyone back. They, they, 12 or 13 guys back inside their 45, but Theron were just keeping the ball for two or three minutes at a time. No intensity, no decisiveness in their play. And you're thinking, this is literally going. This is Tyrone kicking on and, and taking the momentum from the win the, the week before against Kildare and Oma. And Donegal just going down again, flattering to deceive. And it literally turns off Conor O'Donnell's goal. McBrearty's bit of brilliance that we just touched on earlier on a, a couple of minutes ago. That brings them back into it. They actually have another goal chance. About two minutes later, Conor O'Donnell gets through, probably should square it to uh, to Ryan McHugh. I know Ryan McHugh definitely thought he should have squared it to him because the camera cuts to him and he's, he's not happy. Noel Morgan makes a great save, but that goal turns the entire game It's totally one-way traffic, Tyrone in total control. Kilpatrick and Kennedy, who are really developing into a a strong midfield partnership. I know last year was kind of a breakout year, but they looked really dominant. Myler was obviously picking up Ryan McHugh. Uh, That was probably the the, the one positive aspect. We said it about Ryan McHugh. He's been taken out of games too easily, and he's too important for Donegal to not figure out a way to get him into the game. They played him on the full forward line last night, which was pretty radical. It, did, it didn't really work, but it was at least, they were trying something different with the wind, having him and McBurdy inside. But they're really struggling. And then in the second half, that goal, they go in and they come out in the second half and they dominate the second half against the wind. Far more incision in their forward play. More quotes, McFadden, Ferry, Owen Bond, Gallagher, cutting up the pitch. The O'Donnells were... Excellent, excellent in the second half. Conor Donald obviously goes through a purple patch at, at centre-forward. O'Shean Gallon comes on, a bit of boy kicks a score. McBrady's looking sharp again. And literally in the space of one half to the next, Donegal, everything that we accused them of mm. in the first couple of weeks of the season, and particularly in the game against Kerry, they turn it on its head. It's all slick hand pass, and it's all hard cuts off the shoulder. And just decisiveness in the forward play that was so lacking in the first half. And it ends up winning them again. They obviously get the goal at the end to, to, to put a bit of gloss on the scoreline. But it was an impressive turnaround because there were serious question marks that the Tony just was going to fold again. Um, but Conor O'Donnell obviously gets mad at the match. Michael Langan comes back. Michael Murphy comes back. Jamie Brennan comes back. McBrearty kind of gets into form. And you add in someone like him as well. I'm cautious of bigging up Donegal because we've done it over the last few years, and they yeah. have not delivered on that promise. But last night was a big, big win. For, we're talking about statement win for Kildare in, in terms of the Leinster Championship going in and, and beating Dublin today. I'd still have probably Donegal on throne along with Armagh the, the top teams in Ulster. Monaghan are going to have a say, and Derry obviously coming through for Division Two. That's an important win for Donegal to, to get one over on the All Ireland Champions going into the summer. So it was a big win for them and a really impressive second half to display. What were you thinking watching the James?
1: I was thinking that Donegal are playing a brand at the moment that's not going to win in All-Ireland. I think themselves as the Monaghan are both just short something. I mean, it's hard to put your finger on. I know you're saying they're missing Jamie Brennan who's a huge loss. Murphy, Langan. Like, you put those three players into any team, it's going to take them up a, a, a couple of levels. But I just don't know what they're trying to do. Like when, I, when we said about Kildare, I could see they had the three boys inside. If they were going long, they were going long. If they were working it in, they were snapping it off the shoulder or whatever. But I just don't see what Donegal's thing is. I don't see what their X factor is. Mm-hmm. Like I could see Tyrone. Their X factor is, their, their mentality is unbelievable. They're going to stay in that game. They're going to wear you down and they're going to have the class of McCurry or Canavan to do the damage and I know they lost. So I'm not bigging up Tyrone either. Uh, uh, I'm just
2: saying. I, I was really impressed with Throne last night. Yeah. I think they, just, they, they ran out of gas, which is guy. what we said in week one, that they're probably a couple of weeks behind other teams. I was really impressed with Tyrone last night. Well,
0: what part? Like, that first exactly. 40, 40, the first 40, 45 minutes. What, what about it? Like, Was it their tackling? Was it their
2: tenacity, the way there's, they set up? Their decisiveness, their sharpness on the ball. Even, and this is a misconception, this could Donegal bring everyone back in the first half, bar McHugh and McBurton. So there's 13 Donegal players inside their 45. And Throne are being really methodical on the ball. And there's a misconception that that can be really slow. If that's done badly, it looks bad. It's guys taking sorrows. It's loopy hand passes. It's not snappy and it's easy for defenders. But Tyrone are really sharp at doing it. They get a great score. Conker Patrick gets gets a score. They keep the ball for about two minutes, and it's all it's crisp kick passes. It's crisp runs off the shoulder. They're probing all the time. There's nothing worse when you're in that you're in that kind of mentality, and, and the opposition of thirteen goes back, and you're not probing. You're not challenging the defence. You're just popping the balls around in front of them. are not. The defenders don't have to work. They're not being exerted. Whereas Tyrone are always asking questions. They're popping a pass in behind. They're getting Myler coming off the shoulder or Derek Hannavan or Conkle Patrick coming through like a horse. They're asking questions of defence, and it's decisive. Their hand passes, their kick passes, their runs are all sharp. They're asking questions. It's exactly what Donegal weren't doing. I agree with you, James. It's like everything seems a bit ponderous. It's what Dublin have been like in their attack in the four games today, whereas Tyrone were really crisp. They're really sharp, but... I do. I think they kind of just ran out of gas to to, yeah. to be honest around 50 minutes and then they start getting tired and they start getting taking a couple of dodgy options up front with a gale force wind behind them and they're not as clinical but for the first 35 40 minutes that was was as good as I've seen out, out of the run. So I wouldn't be overly worried about them um, after that defeat last night I thought they were they were sharp for that period again
0: they got the dubs up next so it'll be okay <laughs>
1: We're on and Dublin next, isn't it? Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's an Healy Park in two weeks. So that's going to be another. Tyrone another...
1: of Dublin and they have Mayo.
0: Yeah. So they're, like, still, they're, they're in that they're relegation battle.
1: They're, they're still They <laughs> definitely. My <laughs> like, like, two calls, Derry, to have a savage year. Derry, are the only crowd 100% so far. Wow. Yeah, you're right. Go uh, away. Calvin might
0: be there next week as well. Or go, go away, away now. Go away and Calvin could be there next week. They're, they're all 100%, but they're just they're like, game, game behind. behind. Nice. Game behind, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll give you it for now. Um, I happened to tweet that Dara Canavan has the bang of a fella who never wants to take a point he's always looking to create a goal and 45 seconds later he gets the ball and puts it over the bar so I don't know how accurate I was but he does seem like when he receives the ball 30 yards from goal and a lot of the time it's happening when he's he's getting the ball he's in the middle of the goal he isn't turning and swinging or he's not pulling off that snapshot like Jimmy Hyland like you mentioned James He's turning, he's moving, he's trying to create a bit of space, jink inside. He does look like he's trying to create a goal at all times. I don't know if that's true. Um I'm not sure if you're both seeing that, but I definitely get that sense off him. Kind of I would nearly put Conor Callan in the same sphere Patty. I don't know what you think. Was would of been a player that when the ball went into him, you weren't really sure is it's a point the banker here or is he going to go for goal? Uh,
2: I- I, I understand the comparison. I, they're different players. I, mm-hmm. I think Derek Hanover is a really elusive player. He's he's always just his stature Dinky. kind of suits. Yeah. He's jinky. But you're right. I don't see him kicking scores like Michael Langen or, or Paddy McBride, for example, or McCurry, where he's 50 yards out and he's curling this beautifully lofted point over. I think maybe it's his mentality, but his makeup and his style of play—he's always kind of looking inside. He's—he's he, he's a really sharp player. And Khan, to be fair, in a different way, Khan is just his nearly his size and his mentality. He's just direct. He's driving at the goal he, in a different way, nearly bulldozing way. Um, but but similar, yeah, he doesn't kick. Khan might be fifty yards out kicking point like a Manion Water or or, mm. or or anything like that. And they're important players to have in any forward line. That. There's an X factor there. If Canavan gets it around the D, he's not happy to just clip a point. Mm-hmm. That's invaluable to have in a team. And I, I, mean, I know first half from having someone like Khan, it just keeps defenders guessing. If they yeah. stand off and they can they by all means they can kick the points. But it's just a mentality that's we'll sniff out a goal here. So I, I agree in that regard that there's still yeah. different players, but it's nearly uh, like I think the, there are similarities there, definitely as well.
0: I think the reason Conn to my head is the the goals against it's around seventeen, eighteen. The the All Ireland final goal against Tyrone, where like it doesn't really make sense that he's going for goal after a minute and he just goes for it like from forty yards. Against Mayo, 17. he does against sorry, against Mayo, but he also gets yeah. goal against Tyrone <laughs> where he dummies uh, early on. Doesn't that was mean? early in that game. As well.
2: Early yeah, in that game, three or four minutes in, as well, like yeah, he, yeah.
0: he receives two balls on Lee Keegan in a semi-final, and Keegan says his head is spinning in those five minutes. Khan is going for goal, and they look like set piece moves. He just. Is there many players like that who just,
1: they have a want for a goal? <laughs> like they, I don't know. Been, but worst case scenario, he's going to be fouled and get the point anyway. Mm. Do you know, I don't, I don't think the risk of going for a goal is so high that it's not worth it. If Was, you it skills, Was it encouraged? Was it encouraged? It depends on the coach. Like some coaches are hammering you. Take your point, take your point, the goal will come. The goal won't come if you keep going for the point. <laughs> no, I, I, in my opinion, I'd love to have a fella there who's going to keep going for the goal, and he's going to be fouled. Yeah. His man's going to be booked. Next thing, they're changing fellas around. It just it just creates hysteria. But the thing with Canavan is, would you play him eleven or would you play him thirteen or fifteen? Like you wouldn't know where thirteen
2: he'd... coming to the D.
1: Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't know where he's going to end up physically. Yeah. Like if he does a Conor Calvin transformation, he could be anything. Do you know, if he goes there physically. Wow. He could, if, he, uh, I don't I, I don't know if he'd have that in the locker
0: like he could certainly bulk up a little just, bit. Like Khan's a monster. Khan, like
2: the king, the king was the only a little fellow as well. Was yeah, he? he was left he that way and just goes right, this is what I'm doing. I'm putting every minute of every working day in the off season and working on it and he Was it that back start?
0: He could, was the transformation that start? Could you notice it that year? Did you go in I know you probably weren't away that long like, our, but a couple but of weeks.
2: was the same. We had a couple of lads who did it like we we're just that was the requirement, and that was the kind of the competition in the team. It's like, listen, you're, you're light, we, we need you. We know there's raw material there, of course. And Panaman is the same. He, he, I love him as a player. I, I do, you could see in, in his cameos last year, he's just the type of player. And James is, I agree with you, James. I don't think you can have six forwards who turn around and put their head down. And no, go the no, 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 but, but you need one or two of those guys in your forward line because they, they're like an ace in the hole, like that. Something happens and they create something out of nothing. And you just want people causing havoc in the opposition defense. Like Daniel Flynn today in Newbridge, that if someone, if Khan gets the goal and he's on the D and he puts the head down and goes at it, two or three defenders know that, they can see it, and they immediately try and converge on him. And that creates... Space and overlaps, for other players. So they're so important to have. You can't have six forwards doing the same thing. You said it so many times. Yeah. And Canavan has that. He's a different player to McCurry. He's a different player to McShane. And um, he's kind of in and out of the team. I know he's had injuries and maybe he's not always guaranteed to start. Yeah, which I find interesting, and, and it'll be interesting to have a look at that. McShane, but he's probably most dangerous last night. Does okay for another 20 minutes. I think ultimately if he gets up to full fitness, you you, you think Throne are definitely going to play him inside with McCurry. So do <laughs> Throne play three guys inside? Probably unlikely. Paul Donahue, I I I thought probably struggled a bit last night. And I, I would have him as probably more of a finisher when space opens up. He doesn't strike me as someone who's going to be who's going to be electric in a really tight space. Um so I'd be interested to see where Canavan kind of plays, particularly overall, over the next couple of weeks through March, but into the Championship as well, because I do, I really like him as a player.
0: James, you take you, Sorry, go on. You think he can make a big impact off the bench, like you were about to say? I do. There.
1: Obviously, he's going to want to start. We're going to want to see him starting. But if your management, you're thinking, the opposition, see this fella coming on. You do not want to have him come on you after yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah. You're tired. Like Costello used to do that to players. McMenamin. Yeah. When we were playing, we were playing yeah. Dublin, we used to have to plan substitutions for when these fellas came on. Do you know, it's kind of, it's another distraction. Whereas, you know, if, if you know the team is guaranteed, right, Cannon is going to be there, we'll have him on him. But where, if he's coming off the bench, you don't know where the game is at. My yeah, opinion.
0: yeah, yeah. No, no, 100%. Uh, we might move on uh, briefly to, to two other games. Very quickly, Monahan Kerry um, caught some of the goals from the, the Kerry game. Begging has cut off his line for one. He gets caught for goal uh, a long way out beforehand. We did talk about it last week. Should teams be practicing lobbing keepers from far out? I think it's a trend <laughs> that we are going to see across the season. People are seeing that. I think teams are targeting that. It's definitely felt like that um, over the last little while. So, um we might have a, a little bit more of a chat about that again. Just looking at the Mayo Armagh game, I very sneakily had the game on here on my left while we were chatting there in the last couple of minutes. So I got a good sense of some of the scores and what way it went down. But looking at the team sheets, I thought there was one very interesting element here. James Warren starts a couple of young lads. Frank Irwin gets his first start as a kid. And Sam Callinan, who's still doing his leaving search, starts wing back. Now Callinan gets booked and he gets taken off at half time. And I, I think that's probably a little bit more to do with him being booked. I think he had a, an absolutely fine performance for, for a young footballer making his, his inter-county league debut, um, full debut. He came off the bench a couple of weeks ago. But Mayo's bench in that second half, they clearly needed a bit of size. They needed a bit more experience. And James Horn, when they were losing to Armagh, could call on Paddy Durkin, Kevin McLaughlin, Padre O'Hora, and Aidan O'Shea to bring on that second half. And... Looking at that game, Padre Gahori makes two massive interceptions and a turnover in the last couple of minutes. Armagh are trying to get back into the game in injury time. And Aidan O'Shea fields a huge ball in defence, goes up the field. He set up two scores earlier on. Paddy Durkin kicks two points. And Kevin McLaughlin, according to some reports in the papers, could have been man of the match after coming off the bench after 15, 20 minutes. So when you're looking at the depth that Mayo have, and it's, it, it is a very easy comparison to make because of the players that left both dressing rooms, between Dublin and Mayo over the last two years. And we have been talking about the depth for the last couple of weeks. It's difficult to understand how stark the difference in depth is. Like some people were saying during the week, is it because James Horne has played the same style of football? So he's been able to slip in the same style of footballer and find them. Like, is it that Dublin don't really know what way they want to play? Or is it that the players just aren't there? Or is it injuries? Like What are you thinking, Paddy, when you're looking at the Dublin bench and Johnny Cooper is named to start? That nearly felt like a boost to Dublin, that Johnny Cooper, number 19, was being named to start. But then when you're looking at their bench, Robbie McDade was the only big name on the bench, really, after that.
2: Yeah, well, I said it last season, and I'll say it again now, I I think James Horne's job he's done with, with Mayo in his first stint and since he's come back, is absolutely phenomenal. And because they've fallen short for the last two years in both All Ireland finals, he probably doesn't get the the full credit he deserves. But Mayo have had massive... They've lost about a third of their panel, similar to Dublin. These iconic figures from Mayo over the last decade have stepped away. And whether supporters like it or not, they have to be replaced. You have to find players who can step up and fill those gaps. and, And it's... It's unreasonable to ask those players to, to come in straight away and be the next Keith Higgins or Donovan Vaughan or, or Colin Boyle or the likes. But what James Horn has done is he's kept Mayo, he's kept the show on the road and competing and getting to two All-Ireland finals. And this season, in the mix, to, to win the National League uh, and also to be one of the favourites for the All-Ireland, he's managed to do that while bringing in these players. So it's a massive, massive. Kudos to, to what James Horn has done and the depth that Mayo have. And, and that's the challenge where, where Desi Farrell is finding now. I, I think the starting. thing, if you look at just today, for example, mm. Dublin are four or five points down in that game. For the whole second half, they're chasing the game. 69 minutes on the clock. They're four points down. They've made two substitutions. And it's Aaron Byrne and Robbie McDade, a couple of blood subs, but they made two substitutions, chasing the game, four points down, basically going into injury time. And you, you compare and contrast that, obviously, and whether I whether probably like it or not, you look at our Dublin team for three or four years ago, we could be winning the game by 10 points, and Jim would have made six subs by, by 50 minutes. I remember playing, scoring, I think it was Westmead, it, it scored three points from play, and he took me off after 40 minutes or Theron and the All-Ireland semi-same story. And it was just, wasn't doing nothing wrong. It was playing pretty well. quite disappointed to come off, but it was, you've done your job. Now we bring someone else in who's equally as good. And that was it. That was the, the beauty of, I suppose, the depth we have. And you look at James Horan today in a situation that, that Dublin find themselves in, in Newbridge, where Kermar on top and James can turn around and he looks and he goes, "Look well, have got Aiden O'Shea, Parker, Horror, Kevin McLaughlin, these guys who are tried and tested at the highest level, I can roll them in and they are going to make an impact. And you look at in Dublin situation today and looking through the program before the match, Tommy, we were saying, where are the game changers there? Mm. Where, where is the impact on that? If this game isn't going for Dublin, where are we getting, who's going to turn this game on its head? And the reality is, is, is Desi looks around at the bench there and that, that's why he's made two substitutes basically coming into injury time in a game are chasing. That's that is a worrying thing for them. You could see it last year in terms of you know people like Will Mannion come back or McCaffrey come back you could deal with that X-factor off the bench and it wasn't really there in the end and and that's the challenge particularly today. Now we know they're still missing players obviously Connor and McCarthy and these guys will make a massive difference but Look at the depth and the healthiness of Mayo squad and what Horn has done and built kind of under the radar. It deserves massive credit. And that's one of the key worries for Dublin, that you're looking there and Desi's looking around to the bench going, where are we going to get a boost out of this? Because if if you're going to win the All-Ireland, you can't have 15 players. It needs to be 18 to 20 players because you're going to need two or three guys to come off the bench and change the momentum of a game. And, And Dublin didn't have that today.
1: I don't think Desi, I don't think he knows who to trust at the moment. Do you know, he's just not, he doesn't have his, his core set yet. But mm-hmm. I wonder, James Horan, right, if he could go back, would he have left Aiden Shea out of the All-Ireland Final in 20? Ha, Remember? James,
2: this is a whole other podcast. This will be two hours we'll be talking about this one.
1: Yeah, but not, not because he shouldn't have been on or anything, but just because... Yeah. It's unreal for a team to have like that household name to come in. Yeah. Like Dublin had him. If McMenamin came on or Costello, the crowd would go absolutely bananas. Today in Newbridge, Feely came on. The crowd shook the place. With Mayo but, but Noda, players
2: react off that as well, James. Hundred like, percent. I
1: remember being on the pitch and I
2: think it was against you guys in one of the, one of the semi-finals or finals. And Kev came on, and Kev obviously just had this kind of voodoo over Kerry and the whole stadium was going. Even the Kerry fans are like, you just oh, no. got that energy in the stadium. Like <laughs> it was unbelievable. Like. Yeah. And it's as a player, you get a bit. You're kind of right, okay. And we we were blessed. If you, I remember O'Gara coming in, he'd start a row with five of the defenders, and it's just it was an energy lifter. It was like right. Let, it was it nearly focused the mind. It's like right. Let's get down to the business here. and but I write someone like an Aiden O'Shea, could he could he have that impact? He's not gonna like that. He's gonna wanna play, but it's
0: gotta be sold the right way as well, though, because yeah, Feely, yeah. Feely is Corona,
2: American, I think could sell. It. Yeah, it has the
0: credibility yeah. to sell that. <laughs> yeah, it might I be say take no for an answer. It might but no, but it's gotta be sold to the crowd as well, if you know what I mean. It's gotta yeah. be sold to the fans. Like it can't be a player who's been banished to the bench. Like it's yeah. gotta be a sense of Uh, do you know this is the plan this is the grand plan all along like Peter Canavan coming off the bench when he's injured like that's the reason he's on the bench or he's a a little bit older or Mm -hmm. Kev Mack who was clearly an impact player like Aiden O'Shea has been a core member of Mayo's middle for the last decade like I I just think that if I think of Horan is going to do it I think he might be going about it the right way the way he's doing it now he's bringing him off the bench to make massive impacts in games as a finisher for 30 minutes
1: over the last three or four weeks if, if the game's in the melting pot right you're two points down, two points up level, whatever it is. If you have a stronger team with more experience at the end of that spell, you've just as big chance of winning from two points down as you do from two points up and all your good fellas coming off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather nearly be maybe a point down, bring on these big guns, have the crowd react, have your team react, and go and storm mm-hmm. it rather than next. You're, you're a couple of points up and you're bringing them off and you're bringing on young fellas. And just as you say, your team reacts to a big substitution in your favor. If you see a fellow who maybe you don't trust come on, you're going, "Oh Jesus!" Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> keep the ball. See that ball. as well, yeah.
1: <laughs> Did, but yeah, no, I think it's an, it's an interesting one, definitely. He had a he had a couple of boys that
0: were magic for coming on and adding two or three points, like Kieran Leary or or Barry John Keane. Yeah. We just thought
2: we'd just come in and kick a few. Yeah, yeah. but
0: there yeah. were, there were n- like, neither really ever started, I know Leary maybe started one year a couple of times, but ne- neither really ever held down a place, a starting place. Um, did they know their role was, was kind of consigned
1: to being that 10, 12 minute player? No, no, definitely not. It was more, there was fierce competition, definitely. It could have been, there was a couple of years that it was really 50-50 or changed game to game. But, Larry had his year in, in eleven. He was he was outstanding, yes. but Galvin was the one that was missing out. Not missing out, Galvin was coming back from an injury. But every time Galvin came on, that, like that was the biggest reaction to a substitution I've ever seen. Really? Like, when Galvin comes on against Cork and Parky Queeve and against Dublin in the final, like that that was mad. Like the the reaction of the crowd, and it was a huge boost. But I suppose if you can have those couple of subs who are guaranteed two points, invaluable. Mm-hmm.
2: It's so important like we, we, it was a key for Toronto to win the All Ireland last year. It was an absolute key, and and we, it was a question mark over Dublin All through last summer, and I was trying to defend it, I suppose, and ultimately that probably came back to haunt them in the semi final against Mayo. But uh, equally, it was a massive plus for Toronto. It is so important. Like uh, you're looking at it even today, and a tight pitch in Newbridge, guys were running out of gas it, when you're in Crow Park and. There's five minutes near the injury time in the first half and the second. You're literally playing for 80 minutes on that pitch in the biggest games. Guys, no matter how well conditioned they are, guys are hitting the wall. You need something. You need the cavalry coming. Whether it's two or three guys, whether it's one guy, you need someone who can either t- change the momentum of a game or control a game and see it out. You need to have impact basically either way. And the teams that have that that option off the bench. It, it, these games are so tight. They're so, particularly when you get to the All Ireland series, there's so little between the teams. Mm. Having a couple of guys that can come on and just see a team over the line, it's, it will be the win and losing of the, the All Ireland this year. Whoever gets it over the line, they will have the impact off the bench. There's no two ways about it. And, and you're looking at what James Horn is building through the league, what Desi's trying to build through the league with Dublin, and what Tyrone and Donegal are doing as well that's what they're trying to find through this National League. You have to have 18 to 20 guys and there's guys going to be frustrated. Nobody wants to be an impact show. Nobody. You need to be the best salesman in the world to try and get a guy on board with it. But, it's such a crucial role. It really is. It absolutely is and, and it will be massive this summer for whoever's going to be successful. I think, I think
0: McCarthy can obviously transform us. I think they're we're gonna to have to Those wait and boys see. Boys will be starting. Yeah, oh well, yeah, they they, they transform completely.
1: How, I, how unfit are they at the moment? Like how how far I, off are they? Are they probably fair than me and you, James. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's <laughs> not saying much. Are I, they, I don't are they know. Are, I mean, they, are they running? I
2: don't talk to the lads. I'm on the outside now. I'm
1: fit. Are, are they running? Come on, uh, you know. Are like, they running? Are, like are they? I'd are say they're running, running faster than me. Like because if they're not at least up to eighty percent, they're not going to have the time they're not going to have the time i don't think to get up to their level
2: Definitely i don't know honestly hard hard even even like, tell the football pod listeners
1: if you could you say t- how many games would you say it would take for you to go from completely unsharp yeah to all Ireland winning sharp how many oh, games you,
2: do you, you need at? like you can do all the training games and stuff from the world and and hit training targets to Everyone needs games. And, and like we were talking about two of the best players in the country and, and McCarthy probably one of the best players of all time, but Granted. you do need games. You do. And like you, you said it, James, this season is, is a unique season in terms of you always had that window that if the league finishes in, at the start of April, you had the club stuff for a month, you play two or three games. Then you'd like a month of kind of nearly pre-season and then you roll into championship. That's not a luxury teams have this year. You've got to, it's literally league into championship and you have got to be sharp. And, yeah, of course, Dublin are going to want those guys, they're going to want those guys back, obviously because they're going to have three massive games in March to try and somehow pull out, pull it out of the bag and stay in Division 1. But but for those players as well, I know for myself, from my own experience, two or three games, just needed to get the confidence up, get the touch up, to take, sharpen everything up by half a second. Yeah. You know, when you're coming back and you haven't played games or you feel like you're not match sharpness, you'll take an extra step on your shot or you'll, you'll look twice before flicking the pass. Yeah. And it's that that half a second that you don't have that luxury when it comes to the, the absolute raw heat of championship games. So I agree. I think all teams need to be hitting the ground running. It's, it's a different season. It's a different training load coming into the summer. You're not You don't have the luxury of time but, but for those guys, yeah, like Dublin supporters, and I'm sure Desi Farrell are going to be banking on. You've seen that the impact, certainly, I suppose, that Cooper and Fitzsimons have had coming back yeah. in. What McCarthy there around the middle? Yeah, he ha- he still has an aura, whatever, <laughs> whatever about uh, Maybe the Dublin team and teams fancy if James McCarthy's on the pitch, he's a serious serious operator. And then Khan is literally transforming. Transformative player for yeah. a forward line. He's no. up there with, with a Clifford, with a Sean O'Shea, any of these guys. So Dublin need their back. They need yeah. them. But they've got to be ready. They've got to be injury free. They've miles on the clocks. They've they've got to be ready to go I
1: think they need I think they need at least two league games because how much of a white heat of championship is Leinster? You know, <laughs> it might be like, tight. We might be, be tight a bit, this bit hotter
2: this summer than we're it has to be. Yeah. Loud Horizon. Yeah.
1: Loud Horizon. Loud Horizon. <laughs> they, yeah. they are. But they're they're gonna gonna are going to
2: get back, are back are to back, 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 back promotions by
1: the looks of things. Yeah. I think that if they're not, if that's they're not interesting. two Division one games in, then they're going to be playing Leinster that's, you know, I, not great. And then they're into, who do they have in the semi this year if they win Leinster? Is it Connor? I feel like they will oh, oh, sorry, I'm not actually sure. Um I was, love this, like you start
2: Tyrone. off the path having a Dublin being relegated, and James already has yeah. the
1: all-earned semi-final. It was Mayo <laughs> if, last year. If I was It kind of
2: be... was God, Jimmy.
1: <laughs> I'm just getting made into Conor <laughs> kind of kind of, Cullen. If I'm Conor kind of kind of, Callan, I'm thinking... And who's been playing I'm the all in the game. final? Is Dublin Kerry <laughs> in the final,
0: is it? <laughs> it's Kerry, it's Kerry semi-final. <laughs> <It's> you <Kerry semifinal. laughs> got his tickets for that. Semifinal. It's Monster semi-final.
1: 19, six, 16, hair. He's not going to be right for Leinster, so he has to be planning for later on.
0: Yeah. No, we...
1: Happy enough, James is trying to get back
2: for the Aller in a final.
0: <laughs> well, I, I asked, uh, I asked as he fired after the game and uh, I got the sense t- from the answer that there, there's a couple of players that are close. I don't know who they are. He did say some of the players are close coming back. You wouldn't get into specifics. So talking about me, is he? Uh, I know we have a couple of questions in asking, will you get the boots back on? Yeah, yeah, I told him you were with me. Um, I'm stretching my head over a list here. Um And it just doesn't make sense. And I kind of feel sorry for Desi Farrell in this regard because two of his club mates are on the list and there's another dub on it. And it feels like he should be getting just a little bit more out of them. Like, go back to 2006. Keith Higgins, Fintan Gould, 2007. Killian Young, 2008. Cullum O'Neill, 2009. Rory O'Carroll, 2010. Thomas Flynn, 2011. Kieran Kilkenny, 2011. Thomas Flynn from Galway. So, big midfielder from Galway. Yeah. Uh, one Sigurdsson the DCU I think injuries would have, would have hurt playing a lot in the last couple of years but had a big couple of years for goal with around that time Kieran Kilkenny or a savage well, goal
1: against us I think in unbelievable think goal
0: yeah massive goal Um I don't think we saw the best of Thomas Flynn after that 2013 Ian Burke obviously won his all-star in 18 10, 2014 Conor McHugh Dublin under 21 footballer of the year 2015 is Colin O'Reardon from Tipperary AFL uh, obviously came back and have Tip win a Munster. 2016 is Mayo's German O'Connor who is obviously such an important member of that Mayo team right now. 2017, another dub, Aaron Byrne who who just, his Dublin career has never taken off at senior level. 2018, the man we watched today, Jimmy Highland. And 2019, Kieran Archer from Dublin. So if you're looking at the players there who, who kind there's of have fulfilled that there. promise. There's three dubs there in the last seven or eight years. So, it doesn't make sense that it just doesn't make sense like that they just don't aren't getting a bit more out of these footballers I don't know what happened there that maybe the maybe the there was too much quality in front that it was just there weren't enough chances happening and you know you're in and around the panel but you're not given enough responsibility or you're not given enough breathing room because you had too many good footballers like you had too many six in a row All-Ireland winners in front of them like
2: yeah it's hard to put put a finger on it it's I thought I wouldn't be putting the blame or at Desi's door, to, to be honest. And like I said, Aaron and Conor McHugh, brilliant players are from Nafina as well. Karen Archer is still very young. Hmm. Um, and we said it so many times, underage success does not automatically translate to just strolling into the senior team and it takes them there. There's so many things. The players themselves their own mentality understanding that and, and it can take time I've been a sharpshooter, top scorer at underage why is that not happening at senior there needs to be that resilience there needs to be the opportunity I suppose the timing is right Like if you're Conor McHugh 2014 player of the year and he's coming in looking for a game the full forward line and there's about 10 lads are already in there it's it, it's a hard thing to, to, to go into so there's loads of different things that go into that 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 period but boy, yeah Dublin look at the situation now that they're crying out for guys like that Dublin are going to need you know you can't just keep looking and going Dean Rock can you bail us out here you know Dean's been there for, for the best part of 12-13 years you, you know you need these guys coming through and Karen Archer, like you say, there's an opportunity there. there there's spaces there. That's what Desi's searching for at the minute. Because, like, like I say, whether you like it or not, there's probably eight or nine slots, yeah. whether it's starting or in that squad, that, that are up for grabs. And if we're being honest, we've watched four games in the National League now with Dublin. The guys have been getting opportunities. and Who has really put their hand up? I thought Bugler was brilliant today, but Bogler's very good. the squad. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, but- who's going... Desi, you have to play me. Yeah, Desi's given the guys opportunities. You can't turn around and go, Desi, what's the story? It's mm. our guys. Dublin have three more games, but the players, someone has to go out and take about the scruff for the neck and say, "I'm playing. You have to play me in this team." And I haven't seen that. I haven't seen it yet.
0: Yeah, and I think, I think there is a fine line. Like we are looking at four defeats in a row, right? But if Fenton buries that goal chance in the first minute, if Rock's shot isn't blocked on the line from a yard by Mick O'Grady. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I still haven't seen what actually happened there. <laughs> it, it seemed came, like it was in,
0: yeah. Yeah, it looked like it was Howard's a bit, goal to the second half as well. Howard or Rock, whatever way that happened in the second half. Like, if if one of those goes in, I, I'm back in Dublin to beat Kallair in the last 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Just, like, the game felt like it was on a knife edge, even though it was a brilliant Kallair win. Like, and maybe then, Desi and the, the young Dublin players are getting a bit more breeding room. You know, maybe then once those points are on the board, but it's it's ruthless. It's Division One; it is ruthless at that level. And uh, I think it's going to be very interesting to see it once Conor McCarthy get back. I think that's very interesting, James. You're right; they are going to need a game or two. Like we can't just expect them to turn up and rock up and
1: five games. Okay, honestly, you need you need a lot of that to be to be back to their level. I Mm. think they need a lot of games. But today, right? Fair enough. Dublin could have got those two goals, but every single good thing they did went through Kilkenny. Mm -hmm. it was almost it was kind of like a one man band up there at times that he created everything and then when they got to to grips with him there wasn't much happening at all
2: out of their forward line James two scored from play.
1: yeah Kenny with two
2: and then Bugler hit four and they were the bright sparks throughout yeah Bugler was so direct which is what the Dublin were crying out for yeah that speed energy intensity decisiveness like we said, the transformation from the first half to the second half for Donegal last night and the transformation from the first half to the second half for Tyrone. on the flip side. Like, for, if you're a forward unit, the, what are you, you're looking to cause havoc in the opposition defence. Speed, decisiveness, directness, whether it's carrying the ball, whether it's off the shoulder, whether it's a crisp kick pass, hand pass, all of those things, speed of play causes havoc for defenders. And Dublin throughout the National League, have been too guilty of being lateral, of being slow. Donegal, the exact same challenge at them. Whereas, you look at the game today in Newbridge, who are the best performers? Kenny, when he squares a guy up and he goes at him. Or Bugler, when he's going flat out. That just causes havoc in defence. fence. That's why Daniel Flynn is such a handful. Mm. That's why Jimmy Hyland knows that. If Flynn is causing havoc over there, well, the space is here for me to shoot. That is what teams they are aware of it but if for some reason not everyone does it. It doesn't suit every player they might not have the, the physicality or the speed or the agility to be able to do it but it causes so much havoc and I'm looking look with a Dublin hat on, I'm going who can do that? Aaron Byrne gets 15 minutes today coming back from injury mm. he can do it Costolo can definitely do it Khan can do it so they're, that's what Dublin and I need to need to address, but they've got to get those players on on, on the pitch uh, in order to do that. Because at the minute, what you've and you can only go off what you've seen today in the four games. They have been short in that regard. That cohesion, that decisiveness up front, as well as the, the issues they were having earlier on in the league defensively. That's that's why they're look at the bottom of the league, lads. Yeah, they're yeah. up from four. That's that's why they're there. That's massive issues that need to be fixed. Uh, over throughout March in the next three games and get rolling into the championship.
0: Just to give credit to Aaron O'Neill, Bugler, the killer goalkeeper, Bugler takes the sideline, O'Neill is caught off his line, Brian Howard <laughs> lands on Howard's hands but he spills it, he's got his back to goal at Mick O'Grady behind him, he flicks it to Dean Rock and his rock is about to bury it, Aaron O'Neill dives from behind, recovers and, and saves it and and yeah, so like that, that was probably the moment it was, <laughs> O'Neill saved himself and I think um, we saw a lot of risk versus reward with goalkeepers this weekend and I think that's something we'll definitely come back to. That was very interesting on Dublin. Like James, when you're listening to that list, obviously it's it's a bit false in ways in the sense that there's no Kerry man and, uh, you know, David Clifford and Shawnee O'Shea obviously never played 20s football, but I suppose you would, th- you would, like each of those players, most of those players had very, very good intercounty senior careers. I know it's not a given when you're, when you're crowned the under 20 footballer of the year, but you would hope that those lads, Aaron Byrne, Connor McHugh, Kieran Archer. That maybe, maybe they can they can turn it around. And obviously, Kieran Archer has so much time ahead of him. Aaron Byrne has had injuries; he's probably only getting his first chance now. You know, yeah. you'd hope that there would be that quality there. You know,
1: but I suppose they're under the microscope so much with Dublin that they're everything they do is analysed so much. Whereas they probably need. Do you remember we spoke a couple of weeks ago about um about the Irish rugby team and the fifty caps? Yes, they need like just games, minutes, games, and next thing they might have find their role in the team, or they'll find that they enjoy the extra responsibility, or they'll find their role up there. But at the moment, there's no real cohesion, especially up front. There's kind of nothing happening, and they're all struggling off the back of it. Like, yeah. Realistically, today, if Kilkenny, if someone just made runs off Kilkenny, they could have chipped four points. He was doing so much of the dirty work. He was winning balls in that sweet spot, top of the D. If anyone yeah. was just running off and they could have chipped a pint. If you kick two or three points from play in a half, your season could nearly be up and running off that. Yeah. You know? but that's
2: that cohesion, far. James, isn't it? That, yeah. that is... <laughs> it's nearly a double-edged sword. Desi needs to give guys games. Needs to roll out guys and give them opportunities. But because none of them have really stood up and taken it, they're then out of the team the following week, and another guy comes in. And they're not getting that consistency and that cohesion. Like Ross McGarry plays the half and then comes off. Lorcan Odell comes on for a half and does mm. well, is down to start and doesn't start. Kieran Archer comes on in a storm in Tralee where Yeah, I don't care who you are, you're not you're not gonna shine in, in that regard. And it's hard to get that momentum and build up partnerships like that with a Kilkenny. If, if I'm playing inside with him for three or four games, I know that then. I go, yeah. if he gets it, I know I'm straight off him. There is no cohesion there because you're chopping and changing, but you have to chop and change because no one's, no one's doing enough to say, Desi, you have to play me for the next four games because i have been doing the business. But like that. you have to find out about the players. So. It, these guys are going to play again over the next three games throughout March. There's, they're going to get more opportunities. And they're kind of, I'm sure Desi's kind of sitting on the sideline kind of just going, will one of you please just go out and score three or four points from play and just and make my mind up for me
0: Yeah, yeah. in yeah.
2: a way, because that hasn't
0: happened.
2: It's hard with the cohesion, but it's also someone, yeah. needs, to, someone needs to grab up with the scruff for the neck as well. And neither yeah. of those things has happened.
0: Well, another chance in Healy Park in, in two weeks' time. That's the that's Dublin's yeah.
1: next... It's, place to do not, it's not getting any easier. I mean, they've, it. Done the they've done a the goal in Crowe Park. That yes. is actually... That might be the chance for them to get this That pair. would be a
2: hard one, actually, yeah. <laughs>
1: not anyone, but if you've more chance of kicking your few points there than you do above in above in Tyrone.
2: Yeah. But they need... Well, around to- lads. The power of Kamsi has you in your headlock for 60 minutes of the match. <laughs> oh, <Cole. laughs> it's a hard sell. <laughs> right, lads, we're... we're
0: Tipping through the pod here. A um, couple of games next weekend that are worth mentioning, that are worth keeping an eye on. The refixed Division 2 clash between Galway and Offaly. No, I've got that wrong. Is it Galway and Offaly? I think it's Galway and Offaly next weekend. I
2: mean, when are Derry playing Galway? That's what I want to see. I get That's that what I'm next. interested in Division 2. Give
0: me two seconds. I'll get up my fixtures for you. But we've got two Division 4 games. Two Division Cut the three crap. Games, I'm two not two interested in Derry Galway. Galway. Give me a second. Give we me get
2: Derry Galway. When is that game on? I want to watch that.
0: That is going to be box office. You're right, it is. Uh, We've a couple of questions in. On, while I'm looking for that and scrambling, we do have a couple of questions in to the football pod Instagram page. So thanks very much for sending in your questions. Uh, Ryan Carlin wants to know where Kildare staying up. Uh, Nile Coffey said, met Paddy and Newbridge today. Watching, nope. Up the lilies. Uh, Nile also wants to know is Kevin Feedy the best midfielder in the country when he's nope. fit? When he's fit, he can he can add an awful lot to Kildare. He can score. He's a marquee player, big man in the middle. Would you be a fan of Kevin Feely?
1: I think he's, he's, he is top drawer when he's fully fit, yeah. but <clears throat> is he as good as some of the best at the moment? you probably say he hasn't played enough to be there, but mm. potential one
0: 100%. Yeah, he's had his injury troubles over the last couple of years. Uh, Paddy, round six, the 19th of March, so that long Paddy's weekend. It's Derry Galway up in own Do you want to go to it? I'll
2: be in New York, but I'll, I'll follow okay. it on Twitter.
1: Okay. I, okay. We'll, we'll have a bet I, in that. Who would you fancy for that? Your, you fancy... Well, you it's in Derry. It's in Derry. Doesn't yeah. It doesn't matter. Derry's going to win no, that. No, no, forget about where it's on. <laughs> Who would you fancy? It's not you, in Croker, you? Why don't you, why don't you text Kroger. him? Why don't you text him when he's uh, in New York? Derry will no? be going. Yeah. yeah, I think That'll so. That'll
2: be a brilliant game, lads. I'm yes. interested in that one. That will be box office. And the That'll week that before- probably be because between. Someone's going to miss out between Galway, the Rossies, and Derry. Yes. And that could be. Whoever wins that one
0: could be the game. Roscommon Derry is the week before in the Hyde. Um, so that'll that's the next game. Derry's next game. So Derry of Roscommon next, go away after that. And then they've got a, an easy game in Park Talton against Meade on the last day of the year. So that's a gimme, isn't that's it? At this stage. Yeah. Although Mead, I was only joking, Meade will need it probably to stay up. Meade are playing Cork next in Park Talton. They're away to Claring Cusick Park on the nineteenth, and then they've got Derry in the final game. So um yeah as I was saying next weekend the refix game so it's, a, it's supposed to be a hurling weekend next weekend we have got Galway Offaly in Pierce Stadium we've got Leash, we have got Sligo Cavan and Wexford Tip and obviously like Galway it'll, it'll remain to be seen that will Galway back it up once more I, I think we're going to see that again from Galway they've been shooting the lights out I don't know whether that's going to translate now into Connor kind of Championship and Division 1 it's hard to know how much of an impact Division 2 can have It gave Mayo a big boost do you think yeah. you're going to see the same with Galway?
2: I think it's a massive year for them. It is. We, we said that they won the FBD League. They needed to get back into Division 1. They were absolutely, they threw away their Division 1 status and clown us last year against against Monaghan, having the game won twice and, and mm. somehow conceived to lose it and then had a disappointing championship. Park Joyce and John Dively back to the drawing board. They're getting a the tune out of, out of God when they have done. They know themselves. It's a massive year and the players know. And to be fair, all the questions that have been asked of them to date this season, they've answered really well. Um, and you'll get a sense when they play Common and they play Derry. Yes. Um, if they can come through with flying colours there, they're on course to get promoted back to Division One, and they'll fancy themselves in, in the Connacht Championship. It's a big year for Galway. It's a big yeah. year for They're,
1: they're probably the, the, the only two games that you can judge them from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's hard when they're clipping teams by seven or eight points and... Yeah. James Walsh getting two five. You know, it has to be against the the other two big teams. Yeah, Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. to Watch. So we get stuck into that next week. We're going to look at the relegation
0: battle that's ahead in Division Two. It's quite precarious for teams this year with Tatten Cup on the horizon and where that might leave you if you are playing Division Three football next year. Um, Some big teams there that could be in a very difficult position. So we'll be looking at that next week. I meant to get to a question that was sent into us last week about free takers that were going to come to next week. I do have it down on the dock. We are going to get to it. Um, one or two other little questions that are coming in. Sean Sullivan wants to know a question that I'm going to save for next week because it's going to take too long to get into it. It's around dummies, so we'll save that for next week. We've done a bit too much on forwards, I think, this week for it. Um, Aaron Flynn was that Newbridge for the game? Does Paddy Tinkle there are now favourites for Leinster?
2: No, it's still a Dubliner favourites. Um,
0: Robbie Keelehan wants to know who are the current favourites for the All Ireland and can Kildare win Leinster?
2: Who is favourites right now, Jimmy? Who do you think for the All Ireland right now?
1: On farm, right? Everyone's going to say Kerry, but Kerry have been top of the league the last two years. They've right. joint winners. So I would probably have Kerry top, but I'd still have I'd have Mayo and Tyrone. Joint with them I think those three are are ahead it's tight lads isn't it mm. I'm, I've tipped Tyrone for <laughs> <There's> the... <laughs> relegation <laughs> they get relegated but they win the All-Ireland they could they could <laughs> because they'll, they'll you're go you're like, they you're like you're like have... Marmite Your Marmite's up in thrown. <laughs> yes um, to be fair Armagh could take a scalp off someone in Ulster but I don't think they're it's so hard lads to know is, who's is coming out a brilliant yeah. piece.
2: Like, like for the last 10 years it's who's going to win the All-Ireland it's like Dublin or Kerry and this year, realistically, I'm struggling to answer that question. It's Very difficult. Based that form, you're seeing Mayo are going to be right in the mix. Armagh, what we've seen from them, well, they can beat anyone. Yeah, Kerry are going to be in the mix. We surely expect a bounce back from Dublin. Um, it's it's so open. It's, it's so tough. open. I said it. Even Theron didn't go their way last night, but you can just see there's a confidence in Theron from winning the All Ireland just a little bit behind in sharpness and fitness. They'll get that back. That won't be an issue come summer for them. It's wide open. It is really, it's a wide open championship. There's anyone from probably four or five counties can win this.
1: I I, I I bring it down to three. Would you? Because I, Donegal and Marnehan, I'd rule them out. I don't think Dublin... You don't think the Dublin right are going to be in the mix, Jimmy. I don't think Dublin are going to be right in time. Yeah. I think if it was the, the old season... I would still be very worried about Dublin but I just can't see them getting right in time for it so that's three, four, five, six. Only anyone from Division 2 will win it. I feel like James just wants uh, to be yeah. what do yeah. think of Mayo? Mayo? Mayo, Kerry, Tyrone
2: yeah
1: and if Mayo pick- guarantee finalists <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> two plays Mayo in the final but you said so you were, I
2: told you the Dubs are timing it for the all Ireland final James McCarty's coming back for the final
0: and if you were to no. pick a Bolter Canty to come from uh-huh. nowhere.
1: Armagh. Okay, yeah, we... Derry Derry. Okay. Derry I... could win Ulster lads. They could. They could. Yeah, it's exciting times. There's no one, really there's exciting times. No one coming from Munster and there's no one no. coming from Leinster, really. Galway might, but they won't get to a final. Galway. I'd still put Derry top of the Top of the boulders. Okay. Top of the all right. Boulders, yeah.
0: That's uh, I think that's plenty for this week, lads. Thanks very much for joining me once more on the football pod. I'm looking forward to next week. There'll be a little bit of breeding room around the games. We can, as we say, look at some of the relegation uh, complications that are on hand and uh, a few other bits and pieces. So really looking forward to next week. So if you're listening on Tuesday, fair play to you. you. got us first. You can just subscribe to the football pod and you'll get us every Tuesday morning throughout the year. James O'Donohue, best of luck this week. I hope it's a better week than last week was for you. He's fresh. He looks ready for
2: the week ahead. Look at him.
0: He, he only eight really hour work.
2: sleep tonight. Some vitamins in the morning. He's ready to. Oh,
0: pleasure. Enjoy <laughs> your week. Thanks, boys. I will.
2: Let Me Explain with Sean Defoe Thousands of insects are having sex in your garden. Has your home been infested by these flying ants? Well check out this week's Let Me Explain podcast with myself Sean Defoe to find out just what they're at. Available now wherever you get your podcasts.